I want to create a better environment for my stylist. I want to create a salon that's actually going to make change. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, where we teach you to salon differently. If you are still using a front desk in your salon, it may be time to future-proof your business with Aura Salonware. Aura allows you and your team to check clients out from any device. That means there's no need for a front desk or front desk overhead. What's even more amazing is that clients can check themselves out using the Aura app from their own device. With Aura Salonware, you can finally let technology streamline your business. Start removing your front desk today by visiting aurasalonware.com slash DTH to receive special discounts and promos. Are you exhausted trying to get your team to understand the cost of product use? Let's jump into the future with Salon Scale. Have more proactive conversations with real numbers that can help create less waste. Salon Scale software is a pro stylist app that gets your team educated on the real costs of doing business. Salon Scale is a great solution for wasting less color and making more profit. Visit salonscale.com slash DTH and use code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off. Once upon a time, there were two queer babies, two young queer kids who said, enough is enough. Enough is enough. We're not doing this anymore. And they got together and decided to take on the hair industry. The hair industry. (sighs) And seven years later. It's been longer than that. (laughs) 2016. Oh, I guess I'm thinking of the podcast. Mm. 2012. So, thir- 11 years later. 11 years later. <laughs> 11, like 11 years, years later, <laughs> they now sit in leather chairs, mm-hmm. speaking into microphones, mm-hmm. talking to the masses. And we're talking about, I was trying to think of a funny gay couple that wasn't us, but there aren't any. <laughs> Will and Grace, but like both of them are gay. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. But I... <laughs> When we created our our company, I never thought we were creating a... I never thought we were a queer-owned company. Yeah. Even though we are a queer-owned yeah, company. Like, even we though we are. We didn't just come out. <laughs> I didn't think, like, this is a queer-owned business until it became more... Until our followers were like, we're supporting them because they're a queer-owned business. Yeah, And then like, was, oh, we are that. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, we are. We are that. Or we, someone would say, like, you know... You inspired me as a queer hairdresser to create my own education or... Sometimes I don't feel queer enough to call myself queer. But we are in the Alphabet Mafia, so we're good. Yeah, we're like married to our partners. Mm -hmm. We have lives. We're old gays. We're old. That's maybe why. (laughs) We're not queer owned. We're old gay owned. (laughs) Old gay owned. (laughs) But did you ever like... We have a big mission, obviously, like where we're always trying to like change the industry mm-hmm. and change the way we do business. I mean, that's still our mission to this day. I'm like, we st- we were talking about the other day. We were like, we still have so much work to do. But why did we not think? Why didn't we celebrate the queerness of it all? I think it was just part of it. Like, I think we were more f- more more determined on the fact that there needs to be changed, and two queer kids were going to do it. Like, yeah. it was more about, like, we were going to come in and be like, this isn't right, and we were going to call this out. It's And fun. we were going to draw attention. I think because of the trauma <laughs> that 
gay people go through sometimes empowered us. I was actually talking about it with one of our friends recently about like because of what we've gone through as a society and, or as a community in, the, in, in our queer community, we are now more apt to fight for the things in other areas because we're used to fighting for them kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I... Like, so now I'm like, yeah, I've done this. Let's change the hair industry. Let's tackle another thing. Yeah, I it's, I never saw... I just never thought of our businesses queer-owned, and I feel strange about it. Yeah. Because it's such a celebratory thing. And I we were... When we were talking about what we were... I, I can't say the name because... um. It hasn't been announced yet, but we will probably be speaking at a queer event. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are we going to say? Like, I'm so Because we're not about it. queer folk. I don't yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. we're queer folk. I think that because we talk about hair, but it's all been like, even when we talked about hourly pricing, the, the power of it is not only just charging for your time, but a big mission for you and I were to m- remove gender from services. Yeah. So like that was a big fight. I guess it just felt so natural that it didn't, it was just obvious. Like we didn't need to I, Yeah, it's too talk obvious. It. But I, <clears throat> we were talking about like, what are we going to bring to the table besides just hourly pricing yeah, or genderless pricing? Yeah, just being ourself, yeah. Pricing. And it hit us like, we need to help more queer people open businesses. Absolutely. That's where the big change happens. Because right now we're we're fighting a lot. We're trying to create spaces for straight people as to, the owner of the as business. As the owner to allow anyone that comes into their door to create like a brave space. But at the same time, we need more of our community to open businesses and yeah. like show physically what it looks like to have a business. Yeah, I want more. Instead of trying to find a safe space to work at, which I know that's important and I mean, again, kind of a no-brainer. That's how the world should be. But I know that it's not that simple. But instead of just like, I want to work at a place that's safe, it's, let's just like, let's just open more queer spaces. So we can support and teach. And you're going to teach through acting. Not that it's your responsibility to teach, but you're going to, you're essentially going to teach how salons can be and how they need to be in allyship through having your own business. Yeah. Like, you're setting the example. Because it'll be natural. Absolutely natural. And That's to, what we're really trying to do with the... I, I just... I never thought of us as a queer company. And then I, I never... And then I also never thought of us as inspiring other gay people to... Yeah. Open businesses and... I never saw it Because I always saw myself... I'm a hairdresser who is gay. I wasn't gay, then a hairdresser. Yeah, like I'm... Yeah, like I do hair. Like... Being gay is just, it's just who I am. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, not it's a, just not a personality trait. Yeah, exactly. And I think to, I think to like heteronormative people, being gay is such a, in the, in the, in the artsy world of mm-hmm. things, it's like, I want a gay person to do my hair. Stereotypical. It's very stereotypical. But, and maybe that's why I was like, maybe I thought in this company, I didn't have to think about. Yeah, because well, we are anymore. in our safe space, essentially, in our industry. And I see all these younger people really wearing their queerness, literally wearing And also it. bringing it into their business, which technically wasn't allowed when we were growing up because you didn't tell people your sexuality, you didn't talk about your personal life, you didn't talk about politics, and all that has kind of shifted. Now you're creating business based on 
your political standpoint and aligning yeah. people in there and also your sexuality and also creating spaces. And I, I love that now because you're having a business that's you. When I <laughs> came, I, so I came out at 14. <laughs> um, it was the 4th of July and the fireworks oh were canceled. I don't remember the date I came out. I know I was 19, but I didn't. I don't remember the date. I can, well, I, I can tell you I remembered it. It was 4th of July. The fireworks were canceled. I went home early because every, there were no fireworks. And I lived in a town where like we could walk. We lived by the water so we could walk to the lake and then walk home. So I walk home and I, you know, I'm 14. So I have got to be gel. Oh, of course. Got to be, Dude. got to be whatever the product was at the time. <laughs> or like LA looks. Yeah. Uh, so my hair's just like spiked up. Um, and was so, it frosted? Uh, I changed all the time. I don't know what it was at that point. But I remember I was walking home and it was raining. So like the gel is oh, all no, over my no. face. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> if, if you're a hairdresser, you know the feeling yes. that I'm talking about. It's like slimy. slimy. Stick. <laughs> yeah. Slimy or if you were chic. a boy in the, in the, in the early 2000s, you... Uh, Everything you was a wet look, yeah, this, yeah, from gel. So I take a shower because I'm like, gross. But before I take my shower, I talked to my boyfriend on the phone and we had a cord, fo- we had cord phone. Yeah. And my mom was listening oh, on the other end. She would. <laughs> Sneaky bitch. <laughs> She's listening on the other end and I didn't know. And I said, I love you to this person. And I go and get in the shower and she comes in and rips the shower curtain off. I'm naked. And she's, <laughs> she ripped the shower this curtain off. This is the trauma off. we're talking about. And she goes, who is your drug dealer? <laughs> and I said... Not that you could possibly be gay. No, it I had to be a drug addict. Drugs. And I go... And I'm like staying there like covering myself. I'm like, what? And she goes, who is your drug dealer? And I'm like, mom, I don't do... Dr- I don't have a drug dealer. <laughs> and then she walks away. And I, she walks away. With the shower curtain. So I'm just sitting there in the shower. <laughs> I'm the, laughing because this is horrible now. Because no, I, hope, I hope everyone's laughing. <laughs> um, I've worked through this in therapy. So then she, you know, it gets really bad. Her, I'm not even going to go in. Then she thought I was going to kill myself, which I had, I'm too, I'm not going to kill myself. I like being alive. So she took all the knives out of the house. That was her response. Because you may, oh my gosh. Because she didn't, I go, and I get, again, I'm a critical thinker. And I was like, I don't need a knife to kill myself, dummy. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I also remember being like, I, but this I also ridiculous. thought. ridiculous. I, I need spo- to butter my toast. But then I also was like, should I, am I supposed to kill myself? Like, uh, yeah, what's, that's setting what's the, the message here? Yeah. So then. At 14. I know this is getting kind of dark. But <laughs> my point is, she had a, my mom has gay friends. My mom has tons of gay friends. Lesbian friends, gay male friends, queer friends, transgender. My mom is very open-minded mm-hmm. outwardly. And later in life, she was gay. And then she was, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get there. She also then is also gay sometimes. Uh, but I, she had a hairdresser at the time. Mm. And I want to say his name because it's so good. <laughs> say it. Sir Charles. Really? Yes. My dog's name is Sir Simon, but. So, Sir Charles. Um, <laughs> this is great. Or maybe that was someone else. Anyways, <laughs> let's just on. say Sir Charles for the sake of the story. So Sir Charles <laughs> is my mom's hairdresser and he's very gay and he has a partner, a male partner. And my mom um, goes to get her hair done and she tells him that I came out. Now, in today's world, yeah. 
you all would that's probably think outing someone. Well, no, no, no. But in today's world, you'd think, oh, that's great. She's talking to a gay She's person. Supporting. She's talking to a gay person about what's happening, and this gay person should shepherd her <laughs> through the dark night <laughs> <laughs> and allow her to see the light that is her gay son. That is not what Sir Charles did. He told my mother that he was, he said, you should be scared for him. And that I he's mean, that he's been trying to work on his, he's been trying to get over his sexuality since he was my age. Oh, no. This person is with, is married to a man <laughs> and is like, yeah, you know, I sometimes I go to church and I pray about it. And my mom is listening to this that person. That still exists now. Like, my mom is listening to that. this person who is gay, self-hating, and thinking like, yeah, that's my son should hate it too and should go to church and pray. Yeah. And so it was just like during that time, I just remember thinking, oh, I'm so glad she talked to Charles because he'll help. Yeah. And he did the complete opposite. What if you could still give your clients great hair with less products? What if that product line made you money with less inventory on the shelves? What if that product line was also made with gentle ingredients, is biodegradable, and the packaging is refillable? All this may seem impossible, but with Hair Story, it is possible. Hair Story is a brand that is equal parts mindful as it is great hair. Give your clients amazing products while filling your bank account with extra cash. Ready to try new wash for free? Visit hairstory.com cth to get pro access today. Two things. One, my coming out story was not that I lit, said, mom, this is my girlfriend, but my aunt was gay. My uncle was gay. My cousin's gay. Like, yeah, I have I had, no gay people yeah, in my family. I'm the so only one. I have so many gay people in my family. So hey, if like, there's a bosher out there that's gay, please contact me. <laughs> call because me. I have like a hundred family members that come to my house for like a holiday. Not one is gay. <laughs> yeah. That's not just, possible. Statistically, <laughs> that is not possible. Someone's not Someone's out, gay as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that too, us coming together to create this company, even though it wasn't like our thought process of that, I think we knew that like creating this community of disruptors and critical thinkers and conscious seekers was naturally going to be attractive to our community. I think because we're told we are disrupt. Just being gay is disruptive. We are naturally disruptive. So of course we're going to create a company called Destroy the Hairdresser. Maybe it was just easier. It absolutely was easier. And I, think I know we, for a fact I wouldn't have done this with a straight person. I would not have created this company. No. With a straight also, person. I think this like you and I have a really thick skin. I talk about it all the time. Like we have a thick skin. Also, our company's named Destroy the Hairdresser. We are disruptive. We can take a thrashing on. Social media, we can take a bashing when it comes to people just not liking anything we say. Fine, cool. I, I'm not. I'm not losing sleep at night over it. I also feel so much support in the areas from the people that are involved, our students, our coaches. I'm so thankful to have you. But like, I think that's the thing. It's too. It's like I'm not going to stop fighting because those people that don't like it. For every ten people that don't like it, there are hundreds of people. Yeah, reposting our stuff. DMing us, thanking us for for just... And so it's like that. Those are the people I'm going to keep fighting for. And I'm going to keep fighting for all those people that are now working in salons that are practicing some of our methods that are, wow, I'm not in a toxic environment anymore. I'm communicating and talking with my leader. I'm making money. I'm going back to my roots and feeling the power of being an artist. Like That's what we're fighting for. Well, you were talking to someone, a mutual friend of ours... Um, the other day about brave spaces mm-hmm. and why why you've why you've kind of used the 
term brave as opposed to safe. Yeah. Do you want to touch on that? Yeah. So we took um, an incredible class with a company called Arctic and um, they do diversity and inclusivity training. And we usually try to bring some sort of this education to our team every year. And we chose Arctic this year because um, one of our employees actually recommended them. We were like, yeah, we want to, we, we try to choose someone new every year to get like a different perspective. And they were talking about creating brave spaces um, as like, you know, an owner of a business because there is so much diversity out there, whether it came to sexuality or race or different people's cultures, backgrounds, childhood trauma, everything, that you can't always make a space safe for every single person. But you can make a space brave enough in the sense of like, someone wants to be brave to come into your space and you're going to do everything that you can to make it an impactful, communicative, proactive environment. And I think that's so powerful to me because it's that not... everyone's going to... Everyone, yeah. yeah. And it's not about... It's not about not fucking up. You're going to fuck up. Yeah. But it's about communicating and listening and talking so that those fuck-ups stop happening. And I think that was so incredible. And I think even for us in our company, as a queer-owned company, like... We fuck up sometimes. Everyone messes up in their business, but it's about listening, talking, communicating, and transforming it. And I think that is the most powerful thing that it's a like if you're not learning and growing in your business, then what's the point? If you're not messing up to get to your next level, like what's the point? Yeah, mess up mess up uh, intentionally. Yeah. Because I think I have this mess up consciously. Like yeah. don't try to mess up, but if no, it happens, maybe intentionally is that the right <laughs> yeah. word. Mess up with with the intention of fixing something, right? Yeah. But I, it's funny because I, um, throughout the last seven years of the podcast, mm-hmm. I don't even know how long the fucking podcast has been out. Since 2016. That's seven, almost seven Math. years. Almost seven years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be seven years. I feel like in, someone's going to come in the speed. <laughs> in, yeah, seven years. Uh, so within the last seven years, you and I have said a lot of things been really boisterous, been, been very disruptive. I mean, when we first started this company, we were young and we were I very encourage angsty. you all to listen to episode one. It is so different yeah. than where we are now. But the but the the agenda is still there. The, the mission agenda. is still there. The heart is yeah. still there. But I think, you know It hasn't died. You can't kill it. The one thing that you and I have taken on, I think for most people, is the bravery to say things that maybe other people wouldn't. Yeah. And I think as gay people, we have an easier time doing that because we live a life that other people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not really that much different. It's not yeah. really that much different. But like we live a different life. So we're already and we're already kind of ostracized and we're looked at differently. And either we're being bashed or we're being celebrated in a really in weird the same room. way. <laughs> uh and so it's easier for us to say things that maybe other people wouldn't. And I think it's also easier for us to take the bullying yeah. and the backlash because we're like, oh, like we're I'm like, okay, cool. Me, me being alive walking down the street is our is sometimes difficult. Yeah. So your response You being mad because we told you to charge your for your time. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't because it's not the, the message isn't for you. 
right. there is someone out there that hears that message and wants to make that change. There is someone out there that's like, yeah, I want to create a better environment for my stylist. I want to create a salon that's actually going to make change. And I'm not saying our methods are the only way to do that, but... I think the other thing too is some people out there, they really want to be a brave space and they already are. Yeah. Some people, so there are some people just out there for that having just a business already, is already are doing that. Even if you didn't know you were doing it or you didn't have the class, you didn't take the class on how to do it. There are a <laughs> lot of people out there that are just already doing it. And so I meet people that are like, I want to make sure that my space is safe. And it's it's like, it might already, your, des, your des, desire is so strong. It might already be there. Mm-hmm. And now you're just, you've just been given language for what it is that you do. And so now you think you're not doing it because you didn't have the language, but you're, you had it the whole time. You had it the whole time. So I see a lot of people kind of disrupt their business in a not a great way because they're like, well, I, I got to be a safe... They're afraid of messing up. Yeah, and it's like, but you, were, you weren't afraid before you had the language around it. Mm-hmm. And you were doing great. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of salons out your there that... Your intentions, your consciousness, your heart was there. And that's what mattered. Yeah, the salon, the salon you had was already a safe space. Not every salon has to go through this whole undertaking to become enlightened. Some people were already there. I know I worked for a few salons. They weren't the best spaces. Like they weren't the cleanest or they weren't yeah. run the best. But you felt safe. But I felt so good there. Same. There was, I never felt like my queerness was a problem in some of the spaces I worked in. Actually, one space I got let go. One of my first salons I worked at, I got let go because You're she big thought, homo. yeah, because she, <laughs> the gay boys were allowed to be there, but I was the only lesbian. And she thought that that would, she she th- thought that I was making some of her female clients feel uncomfortable, even though I'm like, what? So she let me go. She paid me to go, which was great. I probably should have sued, but I was very young and <laughs> didn't know better. But other salons I worked at, it was never an issue. I mean, I openly talk about my partner and without any problems, and I love that, you know? So there yeah. are people out there just doing the work. Yeah, and I think that we have language around it now. And so many people are teaching classes and courses on how to do this and how to do that. And it's good to take those things, mm-hmm. but it's also okay to say, I already am doing this. Yeah. Just because there's a new vocab around it and there's a new system around it doesn't mean I wasn't doing it. it maybe I need to do it differently now or maybe yeah. I need to present or it just differently or, or adjust it. Like everything. But like a lot of people I know that own salons are doing are already doing it. They're doing doing the damn thing. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Our coaches taught us early on, be so happy for the person that got what you want as if it happened to you. Yeah. That was the best advice I ever received. 